pushing the boundaries of expectations, rewriting the rules of adventure are the reasons we get up in the morning. We share your hunger for a life without limits. Greetings, KBs. Welcome back for another session of edification, celebration, encouragement, all at the one place where you are championed. I'm so glad to have you back with us today, and uh, the website is stephencanyon.com. Hello, Miss Maggie. Hello, Stephen. You've put your paints away. Oh, man, what a weekend. Was it not fabulous? Oh, man, it was epic, actually. I so enjoyed watching you with your new, you, you ordered a new paint kit. It's like a portable studio. Yeah, I mentioned it a few podcasts yep. ago. But well, it came. It came. And Wow. <laughs> Beautiful landscape. Thank you. And I love the 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 tent and yeah. the little canoe oh. and the campfire <laughs> out by the lake's edge and uh, so cozy. And I guess those are the Tetons in the background. Teton inspired, yes, absolutely. It was so much fun. It's been a long time since I just was able to go out into the open air, plain air, painting. It was, mm, I feel very grateful. So happy for, this for you. Now, you were out on the back deck. <laughs> I know where and, you're going but, with this. <laughs> well, and I was, I was inside working on some music and doing some other things, but then you wanted me to see your. You called me, and I thought, well, listen, I'm going to go look and see what you're painting. And I walked out there, and it was hailing. A massive hailstorm. A hail massive storm. amount of hailstorm. And, and, I, and I said, uh, Maggie, would you like to come inside? And at that moment, a bolt of lightning about 20 <laughs> yards away, blinding. I, I'm looking right at the bolt of lightning, hits the ground, and explodes. And... <laughs> You were moving. Oh, yeah. You came inside. You know, it's bad when your scream is more of a whimper, like, ah, (laughs) you know, you're just whimpering as you run inside. So did it carry you away just being, just meditating in your uh, self-hypnotized place of of painting? It was amazing. And that's, that's what I love about painting. I, I think about nothing else, which is rare. (laughs) Usually I'm holding a million different things in my mind and Mm. painting is the one thing where, that it's all consuming. It's what, all consuming. Regardless of what your art form might be, it could be looking for four leaf clovers, but there's an <laughs> like intrinsic that. state of consciousness that we enter into. Is if you are a practitioner of kinetic belief that brings you into the moment, and be it painting, writing music, or whatever it is, looking for rainbows, <laughs> looking for unicorns, just to come into <laughs> yes. your place and your space. That. Uh, that is the wisdom of kinetic belief because that's where we receive unctions of wisdom mm-hmm. and direction for insights that we can chase down to begin experiencing new things and new directives. Yes. Because we are on a journey. And I think that's the attraction, even if it's just walking through a, uh, a gallery mm. to, to look at art forms and, or watching the Olympics, whatever it is, that is the unplugging from the idealistic uh, forms that we try to identify with, the imperialistic forms in the world around us, the noise of the world, that distract us from our higher sense of being. So I highly recommend that whenever you can, daily if possible, in the evenings, turn off stuff that's trying to influence you and go 
to your within to see what your higher wisdom mm-hmm. is trying to communicate with you because it's all there's always a voice there that's coming from our higher sense of being that's directing us toward a a new thing to experience in this life. You know, you mentioned walking through a gallery or watching the Olympics and I have to say there's there's something so exciting, um, explosively inspiring about just being reminded of what as as human beings we are capable of just being reminded because we can get into this routine of our day in day out and forget that we are capable of magnificent creations and 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 activities that's inspiration that comes from recognizing the oneness that we all are and yeah. we can appreciate the the genius of purpose in others and look for that to celebrate and to lift up and then use it for encouragement to go to your own special giftings and to practice yeah. those that's the enrichment of life is learning the dexterity of your fingers and and even even the the mindfulness of observation and can certainly be rewarding well you're talking about my painting my art but i have to say you were writing a beautiful new piece this weekend i cannot wait to hear it in completion it's just a deep dive isn't it (laughs) yes and and it's also and it's funny I, i remember mentioning to you that you know some of the some of the measures of the vamps i was working on musically uh i i I think I said to you that I think other people would find this some of these phrases to be cheesy. And you said cheese is good. Heck yeah. I <laughs> che- love cheese. Cheese is good, especially when it, it, it soothes the soul with an expectation of grati- of something that's that uh, mm. ingratiates the 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 soul with an expectation that it's kind of like comfort food, but for the soul. Absolutely, which ironically is also cheesy. Usually, isn't that true? <laughs> comfort food, <laughs> but it, it's funny. I I have a real issue with that word. I think because. At least when I hear it, it's always been used by cynics, you know, mm. people who are hyper cynical, um, cool. looking at someone else's art and looking at what someone else is wanting to to try to do or to create and to put it down. So, heck yeah, let's do the cheese. I, love I it. actually believe that it is the predictability of cheese that soothes the soul that creates mm. or leads us toward a lot of the benchmarks ah. in life that bring changes into our lives. I like and it's the resistance that comes from being a practitioner of being cool, too cool for change that that causes a person to hold on to what has already been, where their moment has already passed through. Yeah. And in, in other words, those benchmark changes in life that most people look forward to, well, there, there are things that are... I think we can all agree agree upon and things like graduations, weddings, uh, the birth of a child, holidays, vacations, the change of seasons, those those predictable things that we look look forward to, a new job, a promotion, mm. the day that your business makes its first dollar and yes. you take it and you put that in a frame. And we've done that many times ourselves. But changes are are necessary for our growth to advancing through this life. And they often appear negative on the surface when many of them show up, especially those that weren't on a calendar, those things that we weren't looking forward to. And so a change shows up, you weren't expecting it, and oh my gosh, we begin to, people begin to freak out or look at it as something that's negative. And the immediate sense is that changes are a, a threat to one's safety. They are a threat to the status quo, a threat to things being just right. 
as the the obsessive compulsive person may have organized things just right. The cabinets, the the things in the (laughs) the closets, everything is exactly right. Now, very carefully sit down and don't move too fast or you'll rearrange something and then it will be a threat to my just rightness again. (laughs) But it's the loss of a job. Maybe it's it's, uh, the car breaking down. Um, notification of a foreclosure on a house, divorce, these kind of disruptions to the status quo that can certainly be frightening and even appear to be negative when they first occur. But what you'll soon realize, and and this this is really imperative, I think, and vital for people to get, what you'll soon realize is that for the person who is grateful in all things, that's grateful when the car breaks down, not for the car breaking down, but you remain uh, steadfast in your gratitude. The person that's grateful in the midst of a divorce, in the midst of whatever the storm is, that space that you're occupying, you are intentionally creating the best scenario for an outcome in your life through the the practice of gratitude. Mm. And it's only in the fertile soil of gratitude that something new can emerge to take the place of the thing that is uh, passing uh, passing away or or moving to the side. You know, it's funny. I'm almost getting the sense that you are gearing us up to overcome a biological tendency with a higher self-spiritual uh, mechanism, which is those things are always fascinating to me because I think that liking the familiar, being uh, feeling cozied up by the familiar. And, and sort of having this trepidation when it comes to the unfamiliar change in life, I think it is sort of a biological response because, you know, that's what keeps our ancestors from starving to death, you know, making sure they know what's coming and that they're prepared. But we live in such an amazing time now. Um, you've talked a lot recently about the Renaissance, the age of Aquarius, of enlightenment, and we can actually achieve these levels. I just, I think it's such a cool it doesn't have to be a contradiction. Levels are to be achieved, and there is a, certainly a natural process for growth. And it's part of the evolutionary process of transcending and enlightenment and uh, receiving new insights. And when you do that, the it's those unctions that come from within, within that that revelation knowledge changes you. you. You cannot resist change when it comes through revelation knowledge. Mm. It, it grows you and develops you into something else. But here it is, the space that you occupy, the space that all of us occupy, that is our place for growth. And so this this space in the present tense of now that I'm occupying, this goes everywhere I go. <laughs> I'm not going to walk down the main street today and leave my the, the occupation of my space back up here where, where we are podcasting now. <laughs> Uh, and so I'm going to take this space. I will take my space on vacation. I will take this space to work. I take my space out to dinner, to school. And, and it's when we allow our space by recognizing that we're occupying a space that goes everywhere we go. I'm going to allow my space to be a place for observation. My observation tower, my observation uh, occupied a place, and for making decisions from my 
space regarding what I am going to put action toward from within my space as I move it around. And so it's from within the space and recognition of the space that this is where the best life emerges from. It's not through planning for tomorrow or reflecting on yesterday unless it's done from the space that we're always occupying. And that never changes, never changes. So as a result of recognizing and having the correct perspective where the moment of the space that we're occupying is concerned, sometimes letting things go is actually an act of far greater power than defending or hanging on to something because it's in your space and it becomes like a, a, a comfort, a, uh, your favorite blanket, and you look at the child, and they don't want to let go of their favorite toy, and they're hanging on to it. But it is the, the far greater power of manifestation. To nature abhors a vacuum, and so when we allow this thing to pass away, or to move, we move beyond it. We've observed it. We 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 saw it. We looked at it. We experienced. We touched it. We turned it around. We. Um, watched how how water uh, eddies down through the rocks, and you experiment with that, and you observe that. Whatever is in your space, and you're observing that. We are the awareness of the universe. And so when we allow that to move on, we are enabling ourselves to grow on. Mm-hmm. And so rather than defending or hanging on to what was. You know, you've you were just talking about the power of the present moment, not resting on yesterday, not always looking to the future. And I found myself wondering, you know, it's, it's is it not just the negative thoughts of the future? Is it also sort of deferring excitement into the future that's also dangerous? For example, if I am really distracted today by something I'm very excited about doing tomorrow, am I taking power away from today? That's a great point, Maggie, because, yeah, you know, when you you are, like you say, deferring excitement, what you're doing energetically is saying, I'll believe it when I see it. Mm. Uh, Excitement that's not deferred is experienced now because you believe you have it. And so your your gratitude is such that uh, because I imagine it and I desire it and I'm speaking the language of it and I'm grateful for it and I'm putting action toward it. And and so my my kinetic belief is all working. The gratitude has an enthusiastic appreciation for what you're imagining to manifest in your life. Gratitude for the good that you already have in your life. That's the foundation for attracting more of what it is that you're grateful for. And so if, well, for example... Uh, we we were talking about this recently, and it was regarding a uh, a ring that you as a turquoise ring that you loved, and we were in San Diego, and it went missing. And if you lose something, or if something is taken from you, and you don't know who took it or what the situation, but it's missing. If you lose something, give it. Mm. Yes. If something is stolen from you, give it gladly. Because if you're willing to, if, like advantage, if you're willing to give the advantage, no one can ever take advantage of you. Whatever you're willing to give will be returned to you. And, and not only is this quantum physics energetically, because we're always keeping the highest vibrational sense of expectation, we're maintaining that in our space that we're occupying. And so it's the gratitude of existence, the gratitude of what is, not according to the imperialistic forms that you can see around you. So that ring that goes missing, if you give it gladly, will be returned to you. And energetically, the law of attraction 
uh, likewise, moves abundance toward the space where there is no sense of fear and lack, where there is no sense of having been stolen from, no sense of loss, mm-hmm. no sense of of uh, self-deprecating uh, sense of, of becoming less than you were. Because if you give, and, and even the Bible says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, it says, shaken together and running over, will it be poured into your lap? For with the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. So the ring goes missing, and the measure that you use for the missing ring is that I gladly give it. And it's a gift that I give to whoever took it. And... Your your jewelry has been replaced, and you find rings laying on sidewalks like like you did yesterday. Oh, it's been pressed re- down, shaking together, pouring many. into yeah. your lap. Well, and this is such a fascinating nugget that you're giving us right now because many of us, and myself included, you know, yeah, we understand that. Okay, when something that seems negative happens in our life, it's very important to remain grateful in all things, understanding that. But this is a a really fascinating uh, sidestep to that, where if something is taken from you, something is stolen from you, seeing that as an opportunity, a powerful opportunity to to receive exponential abundance returned back to you. Um, And I'm wondering how exactly... Do we go about posturing ourselves to, like you're saying, to give it, to if something is taken, to then give something? Is that just a mindset? What do we do there? That's a great question because, yes, it's a mindset for the KB, for the kinetic believer, because then you get to the place where in this life, you don't have to practice, you don't go through the hardship and the depressed state of, of consciousness when something does go missing, mm-hmm. of it taking a day or two or a week or two to get to the place where you gladly give it. Because when it takes time, which your the space you're occupying is in this linear pursuit of time, when it takes time, you're actually moving backward where your manifesting, manifesting mm-hmm. abilities are concerned. So wow. the meditative practice of this is who I am. Um, I create from what is not seen. I attract the things that I am desiring, be it rings or iPhones or whatever it is. <laughs> so many iPhones. You, you, you are attracting that. <laughs> Therefore, source now is yeah. from, from, from out of the universe rather than from the, the jewelry store. And wow. so as a meditative practice and a state of being of consciousness and a higher expectation for the way that you accumulate or acquire things for your intellect to uh, delight in, you we practice this meditatively so that when something does go missing, there's not the 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 first impulse is no longer something's been stolen or I've lost something as in being a negative thing. Immediately your mind goes, "This is going to be good," and I'm like, "What's going to be good, Meg? I lost my <laughs> ring." And maybe I'm going, "Well, how can that possibly be good?" And you say, "Well, you need to listen to some of our podcasts." Steve. <laughs> I've got a podcast for you to listen so, to. So, and, and then you, oh you bring gosh. the person you care a lot about in into the practice of being a KB. But becoming a powerful, yeah. success, successful kinetic believer in whatever discipline that you're choosing to have fun with, it requires that you have a, a gratuitous approach to life, to every single day. And that if someone else ends up with the ring, you still are ending up with the ring through uh, the experience of them. We're all connected. 
And so it's the mindfulness that you it will be replaced to you, uh, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing. Now, how is that a bad thing? And so that is to not be so. It's not to be reckless and to uh, to not be fearful of losing anything, and not fearful. I don't mean in the energetics of fear, but to uh, to be reckless. Leave your laptop on a park bench, and or leave your jewelry at <laughs> Starbucks and say, "I'll just get it tomorrow." Right. That's not what I'm talking about of losing anything like that. But yeah. now, while pursuing the gain of another, that's not the way that you gain other things by not being a good steward of what you have. You have to be grateful for the car that you have in order to attract a new car and get the trash out of it. And don't let the the McDonald's and Burger King bags accumulate to where the, the traffic going in the other direction can see your <laughs> your refuse in the car. That's not what that means. For example, if you're a bodybuilder or any other kind of high-level athlete, if you get – if you get the inside right, the outside is going to fall into place. Get the inside of your car right, and the new car will show up. The skills yeah. come to the one who doesn't waver in their expectations to develop and become more, to increase. And you don't waver in, you don't, by wavering, you don't ever have a sense of loss. Loss is not possible to the kinetic believer who's manifesting in abundance. And there's always more than enough in gratitude. To, and to become the highest level version of what you imagine to become. If you're a bodybuilder, through the, uh, the power of gratitude as you're working on your desire and imagination and you're putting forth the, the exertion of your action and whatever you're imagining to see gratefully from within, that's what you become. You're standing in front of the mirror and going, dear God, when did this happen? <laughs> but it happens and you're manifesting your best life through, through these things. Um. These, uh, Practices, And I have two questions here. So the first one being, it sounds like you're telling us to make sure that we are approaching all of this organically, allowing the journey of life to unfold and responding accurately, because, and that's a great thing for us to, to realize that we're not, we're also not supposed to be forcing these weird little circumstances that, you know, we don't, we're not going to set ourselves up <laughs> to respond correctly in these circumstances. Um, is that accurate yeah be a good steward over what you're manifesting and acquiring polish your jewelry take good care of it uh, take care of your vehicle take care of your home the space you're occupying is your garden and if you are throwing toxic energetics into it then you're going to kill it and it's going to diminish to become less a person has got to view themselves meg or imagine imagine the the you that you've chosen to be on the inside to manifest that version of self into the physical realm. So the second question is, is, it feels like you're giving us this overarching lesson, this overarching theme of no matter what comes into our life, no matter what it is, what happens, that we can progress and move forward under the assumption that all things are for our good, that they're going to come together and and the outcome, the final outcome, will always be a positive for us. Is that 
accurate. Regardless of what is going on in the world around you, the world is growing and developing to become something else. And so it doesn't affect the goodness in you. It doesn't have any uh, bearing on what you are becoming and who you're supposed to be becoming unless you imagine it to be so. And that's what, what we mean all the time by saying that your desire must be unwavering and not filled with doubt while being grateful to the energetics of unconditional love for yourself and for all others. And through the process, we learn the language of our success, and we only speak the words mm. that support our vision, that supports our actions. Wow. Speaking of actions, your action, the actions that we take, releases kinetic in, in, in the, the processes we're talking about through gratitude and as a KB, your actions are releasing kinetic, positive, expectant energy, which the universe has got to recognize. Mm. The universe isn't making decisions. I don't know if I want to do this for Megan or not. Was she really... Uh, did she mean to get rid of the, the, the ring? Did she do it intentionally? Or, And let me sit here and just... No, the universe responds according to the dictates that the Creator established the universe to respond. And so the law of attraction is going to meet you where your kinetic belief is practiced. Period. Not a respecter of persons. It works for anyone that should choose to work it. And so the reason this is so important to understand is that the wisdom of gratitude isn't just toward self. And you know, most people, especially when they start off practicing kinetic belief, work on the gratitude, and, and it's part of their affirmations. I'm so grateful for this happening for me. I'm grateful for what you're doing for me. I'm grateful for the new car. I'm grateful for the. I'm grateful for things that are happening to me. But when you are aware of the miracle of life around you, and what creation is doing in the lives of others, and the gift of abundance, of life, then through the universe and the unconditional love of the Creator, good things are freely given for the manifestation into your life and my life. You know, the way you're describing this, it's really giving us the sense of flow, almost as if it's a... That what you're describing is a river we can just put our kayak in and be sort of swept away into positivity and i'm wondering how how can we stay tapped into this all the time because i know that for me many times i've i'm i'm there maybe 80 percent and i'm i'm doing good and i'm feeling and I'm, I'm thinking the right things responding the right way and then it's almost as if you just space out and forget you're a kinetic believer <laughs> so you just have these moments of of you know, just not engaging in the kinetic belief lifestyle. And, and that's something that I always am trying to achieve. And I want to know even more and even deeper, how can I stay in that flow, stay in that river all the time? The goodness, the goodness of your expectations manifesting to your life, and when it sweeps you away into that river, you've got to make sure that you two are paddling. Even though the current is swift and you're enjoying the view from the river of the banks and the mountains as they go by, you have to participate in the goodness because Ooh, it becomes like a, a practice of selfishness. If you're going, if you just lay back and go, I'm just going to allow the goodness of creation just to bless me and to overflow uh, and overwhelm me with all of my heart's desire. You're going to miss it when you do that. 
I'm writing that down. Participate in the goodness. Participate in the goodness. And as you're being swept down the river, pay attention as you paddle. And that's what paddling means in that that swift water. You're still looking for the rocks to go around. You're, You're a practitioner of the goodness now that's being overwhelmed into your life. And as a partaker of that, you're through your awareness, you're noticing everything that the goodness of creation is sending into your life through gratitude and thanksgiving. I'm grateful for the for the dish rag that it, I love the patterns in it. How did they <laughs> How did they knit or sew those blue patterns into my? Oh, so I'm cute. grateful for the foil in my kitchen. I'm grateful for the birds outside the window. I'm grateful for the roof over my head and the weather of today that it's raining or the sun is out. I love the, the breath in my lungs, the, the, my heart that's beating, mm. the neighbors on all sides, the dog that's barking in the distance, life, life. I'm grateful for all of this. In 2007, there's a story that violinist Joshua Bell, you and I are great fans of his. Yes. He, mm. <laughs> I love this story, he went busking as an experiment to see if the public would recognize uh, him, of course, <laughs> one of the, the finest talents in the classical world, a violinist, fantastic, wonderful. And so he he stuck a baseball cap on his head, and he went over to the metro station in Washington, D.C., and he just inside the doors there and uh, began to busk. In other words, just playing his violin with the case open so people could put money in it. Joshua Bell, baseball cap. <laughs> Playing the violin. And you'd expect at least some of the passerbys to stop and to throw some money into his violin case, right? But in fact, in, in the story is that there is a, another conductor, but you've probably heard of Leonard uh, Slatkin. And he yes. said, a friend of his, and he, uh, Joshua told him what he's going to do. And the story is that Leonard said, well, I'll tell you what, out of a thousand people, my guess is that there might be 35 or 40 people who are going to recognize the, the quality of your violin playing for what it is. And he said that maybe 75 uh, to 100 will stop and spend some time listening to you. And then he also predicted that he would make about 150 bucks. <laughs> well... Hardly, and hardly anybody stopped. In fact, out of, I think they said it's just over a thousand, maybe 1,100 people or so that passed by Joshua, only 27 people gave any money, and only seven people actually stopped and listened to Joshua Bell wow. playing. I mean, and you'll, wow. you'll see him with the great world's greatest symphonies and pay hundreds or even thousands of dollars to go in there for the privilege of listening to Joshua Bell play. And so how much did he make at the end of all that? The violinist that who could command thousands of dollars for every single concert performance on the greatest concert stages in the world, he made 52 bucks. <laughs> $52. But now the, the point of this, and of course that's not, that's not a lot of money, and uh, $20 of that, they said, was given to him from a person who did recognize him and one of the few that stood there and watched him play. See, now that seems contradictory. I feel like if I had recognized him, I definitely wouldn't have given him any money. I don't know. Yeah, you know probably not. Might have to borrow twenty. Or I don't know. But the the point of this is when the the 
you're swept away in that river you're talking about mm. and being a practicing getting in alignment with the good that's coming into your life is recognizing the Joshua bells as they play the violin while you go by mm. and not being so caught up in the the smugness of how uh, amazing you think you are or busy you think you are or uh, on your way to somewhere more important than what the universe is trying to do in your life is when we we People are just happier when they take time out to appreciate the good things in life as an observer and as the awareness of the universe. In other words, stop and smell the roses. Mm. And, and that may be a cliche, but there's been so much research that's been done that shows that it, it is sound advice for anybody that is looking to find some kind of satisfaction in life. You know, you and I were having a really interesting conversation over the weekend, and you were uh, making the case about the the depth of awareness and how important it is to us as human beings, how it, it's a huge part of what makes us us as mm. these supernatural creatures, that depth of awareness that we have. And so it's making me ponder here and wonder if if when we're not participating in the height of awareness that you're describing is it you know muting our identity is it making us feel depressed because we're not even i mean we're we're degrading ourselves almost to the level of of animals where we're just reacting and instinctively living um instead of embracing this awareness that like you were saying over the weekend sets us apart yeah without embracing the awareness like you're saying just by the 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 fact that you're running around on the on this planet makes gives a person who is not taking time out to meditate to know who they are a sense of being qualified mm. just because i'm here i get a fair share just because i'm here i should have whatever i want to have just i'm qualified just for being here and that's that is not accurate because you have to meditate to know who you are the value the intrinsic value that comes from knowing your higher sense of self because look you're not trying to become successful you are successful but it's through the knowledge the intimate deep knowledge of who you are that qualifies you and so, for in the same way that we're not trying to become healthy, you are health. And if you don't know that you are health, then you'll spend a lifetime trying to become healthy. Mm. You don't have a life. You are life. You can't lose something that you don't have, but you can lose something that you, you don't have. And if, if you don't recognize that you are life, then you can lose it. Knowing who you are, that is fundamentally the key difference between those who are dynamically living their best life and then those who are just trying to gain something that they just don't believe that they are. I love how you, you are presenting the answer to all this as developing ourselves in this awareness. And you're even revealing it almost as if it's this precious little seedling and and it's possible every single day to nurture it and pay attention to it and develop in it and then it just becomes us and that's what i find so exciting about about what you're telling us specifically today right now that if we develop in this awareness it sort of covers uh i don't want to say a multitude of sins but you know what i'm saying like it sort of covers all the things that we're that we're trying to organically fix covers you and your perspective of, of the universe and all of life around you. Because in that same sense, we are so much like the Aspen. Mm. Because to love is to recognize yourself in another. Mm. 
And aspen are all, it's one plant. And if you were to look at the root system of a mountainside of uh, 10,000 aspen trees, they're really just one. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with all of human life. With all of life, we're connected as one. And so that is to love, and that's to recognize ourselves in others. Mm -hmm. Anything that you resent and strongly react to in someone else, you're doing that to yourself. If you resent another person, you're resenting yourself. If you dislike someone else, you're disliking yourself. If you hate someone, you hate yourself. And that's why it is imperative that we walk in this unconditional love for all of life and recognize that people are where they are because they too are shifting and learning to to become the the highest version of themselves. And so rather than to be uh, to, to lose patience with another's development, recognize they're exactly where they're supposed to be at this particular point in time. And so we're always practicing that posturing of unconditional love for all others. Mm, wow. And, you know, you, you can only lose something that you have, but you cannot lose something that you are. And so it's also through this meditative practice of intrinsically and doing the deep dive into our higher self with that lens of perspective that we see who we are. And that's the beginning, Meg, of us finding peace through the wisdom of kinetic belief and the the practicing of shifting our reality. Because you cannot put a price tag on peace. Am I right? Peace, <laughs> yes. peace. And yes. and who doesn't want a peaceful existence and a peaceful life? And you find peace not by rearranging the circumstances of other people's lives, which so many will try to do, but you find peace by first realizing who you are at the deepest level, away from identifying with forms, away from identifying with even other people in the sense that you're getting your identity from their expectations. Mm. Peace enters in through the acceptance of what you find within. And what you find within often will be very surprising to you. And by allowing the world to do what the world needs to do, to awaken, that's the beginning of peace. This includes those that are closest to you. So the single most vital step on your journey toward enlightenment is this, is to learn to unbecome what your mind has convinced you to become. And then living up to an image that you have of yourself or that other people have of you, that, that is not your truth. It's not your true north. It's not your authentic self. And and it should not be for determining the life that you were meant to live. You know, we, we started the, the podcast talking about the word cheesy and how that's always being developed from the cynics. And I have to say that to get excited about life, to actually believe that you can have peace, that you can be happy and joyful all the time, that you can manifest the things that you, the life that you want, that you know is out there, you have to be cheesy to do that. It's the cynics that want to make fun of you for even believing that it's possible. And that's one of the most thrilling things about being a kinetic believer. Just going through your day, maybe you haven't perfected it yet, but that's okay. You're just carrying with you at least the knowledge that this is even possible, which in the world that, that we live in today, I just think that is 
the biggest gift of all of this because the journey never ends, but the knowledge that we can, that we can do this, that we can have that peace you're describing. I just, I, like you said, it's priceless. <laughs> I love that we've gotten, we've, we've, we're using the word cheese to, uh, to know your, the truest vision of self. And, uh, but, but you know, well, it's you funny know. though, because when you first become, I know for me, when I first became a kinetic believer, just carrying that level of excitement with me almost felt people tried to make me feel a little embarrassed Mm -hmm. like a little you know what are you doing just be cool man just calm down you know they (laughs) it's like but you have to be willing to be silly and be seen as silly and like like we use the word weird all the time Mm -hmm. and so um it's it's funny cheesy well because you know it's the truest vision of yourself which is um, it when it's imagined and aligned with the genius of purpose that it comes forth by the constructs of your unconditional acceptance of what is already within you wow and so the keys megan to locating yourself are found in what deeply moves you the keys are found in what intrigues you mm-hmm. the keys are found in what stirs your soul and whatever you're most curious about in your present moment is the next navigational point on your internal GPS for asserting your attention. Go there and see. And when you follow your compass, you expand your territory for the blessed life to manifest and to increase you. And where you are now, you're setting yourself up to experience more of the essence of you. Heart's desire beyond what you can even think of or imagine. And the way to all of this, to to begin to start putting this back together here, I think (laughs) is that recognize this, the voice in your head is not who you are. Those are the voices of the storyteller. It's the ego that's trying to get you to identify with past experiences. So who are you? You're the one who sees the voice trying to get you to follow it. We are not the voice in our thoughts, but the one who is aware of the voice. The idea that the voice in your head is who you really are is the weight that is on human consciousness that for thousands and thousands of years has prevented most from accepting the the shift to higher consciousness. There's a double-mindedness that starts to take place. And the 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 cool the cooler ego says i'm not that cheesy higher person <laughs> because it's not what everybody's expecting me to be i'm going to be one of the the mod squad but it's it's easy to understand why people believe the narrative that's going on in their minds because thoughts are unrelenting and they they don't stop and, and until a person learns to be able to smile at them as an observer simply observing them and then to be able to cast them down as the illusory that they are. And, and until then, those thoughts will absolutely exhaust you. Interesting that what you're describing sets us up to to really see that when we become a kinetic believer, we make that qualifying decision. You're walking out the door. Just You're, you're a walking contradiction to everything that the world is doing. <laughs> everything that, that most people you pass are standing for and thinking about. And just having that knowledge and just hearing what you're describing and, and knowing 
who you really are versus the ego. It's it's very empowering to make sure that we know how to navigate. I love when you use the word compass because that also made me go back to the journaling as well. And I think that's where it's so vital that we suss out the difference between ego and highest self. It's mm-hmm. in that journal because the journal is not for past sto- storytelling like you always remind us. It is for defining our highest self and, and solidifying that identity. This is the very point, and we talk about this all the time, that gets you you and, and myself so pumped up and so excited <laughs> yes, because <laughs> because the exciting thing here about recognizing your egoist your conceptualized self the 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 mr potato head that you're you're always put trying on different mustaches and size ears and trying to arrange that perfect image of yourself the the exciting thing here is that you're just you are just as capable to imagine and desire and to be grateful while learning the language of all of these new narratives outside of the story that's currently being told to you and but absolutely it, <laughs> mr Fisk, but, it's but, funny because it's so true. <laughs> we really, before you become a kinetic believer, you really are just sort of. <laughs> I can see it. Right. I can see it. I'm sorry. Go but, ahead. <laughs> but you know, and seriously, it, it can be frightening to open up to to possibilities that go beyond your conceptualized yes. Mr. Potato Head, your <laughs> conceptualized self. Yeah. You got to be willing. You have to be willing to step out into the unknown. You have to trust in that higher sense of being. You have to trust in your creator. You have to trust that there is a, a greater expectation for you living a better life. You've got to have faith. You've got to say, I am willing to do this. I don't like this, this form that I'm constantly morphing around in and trying on. And you, so you've got to be willing. And if you are not, if, if you are not in the, the, um, the realm of the mental constructs of thoughts. If if that's not who you are, then the obvious question here is, who the heck are you? If if that's not the the image, if all those photographs and those people and the stuff and the the things that you are attentive to, if that's not who you are, who are you? In this day and age. We are so inundated with the external noise of the world and all those mental constructs of doubt and worry and fear, and it has become more difficult than ever to tune it out. I mean, the oh my gosh, with the internet and the 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 constant bombardment of be afraid of this, be fearful of that, be afraid of this. This is not working. This is going to. Uh, this is disastrous. All this stuff. Mm. It is almost impossible to tune it out. While what you've been reasoning with and considering and constructing this new narrative about, because you're taking all of that to build this story and this narrative. Simultaneously, it's taking place. All of this is is working in your mind as a, a subjective reality. And what's happening is that, that is replacing your higher self with all these fake identities. All these, these, you know, you've got 50 driver's licenses with <laughs> just as many names and to, to conform to whatever the expectation is. So the constructs of thinking are transitory and fleeting electrical episodes that are occurring in our minds. And you don't know what you will think next until the thoughts emerge. And so most people, they just go on standby waiting for that next impulse so they identify with it and say, well, here's what I think, therefore I am. Similarly, 
you know what, you, you may be tired or hungry. And so physiologically, you can actually notice that your thoughts are scattered. It's hard, it becomes more difficult to even hang on to those mental construct narratives that you are uh, attempting to identify with. <laughs> or like what happened to both of us Saturday night. And we got up Sunday morning, we're like, what was that? And, and I think you said it was probably the baking chocolate chips that we had after dinner and so it had us both with these relentless, exhausting dreams all night. It was just rapid fire, wasn't it? Yes. And, and, but that's what happens. And, but in contrast to all that, to feeling tired and weak and uh, crazy because of the, the, the dark chocolate, in contrast to that, uh, when, when feeling energetic – and uh, stayed because of, of your physiological strength and you've been exercising and hiking and eating right, mm-hmm. thoughts are actually then more positive. But now this is when people claim they are at their best, and it's actually indicative of who they are when they're exercising and eating a healthy diet. Mm-hmm. However, re- regardless, of, you are not your thoughts at your best or at your worst. I don't care how much you're working out or not or eating right or not or eating chocolate or not. None of that is is actually who you are. I heard one time that um, if you are, if you think everyone hates you, you need to sleep. And if you hate everyone, you need to eat. <laughs> right. And as true That's as that you. is not. <laughs> The question again, it, it just comes back to, and this is this is so important to the KB that is living their best life and yes. manifesting exactly their purpose, their genius of purpose. Who are you? Yeah. You are the receiver and the observer of your thoughts. You are the awareness of the universe in relationship with your creator. Mm-hmm. But you're just a receiver and you're just an observer of those thoughts as they come through. And I have to say, I feel like right now you're you're helping us to map out the arena of our mind and our highest self. Because if you don't have the map, it can be a very frightening place. You are you, you're kidding? We're sitting here talking about voices in our heads and what which voices mean what. And then all of a sudden, we're supposed to be undoing stories that we've been telling about ourselves for decades and decades. So, you know, being able to clearly define highest self, ego, you know, the past self, what we used to identify with, what we're identifying with now. Again, I love this very clear-cut roadmap, if you will, because we have to have it. If we don't have it, it makes you feel insane. Wisdom is the beginning, isn't it? Of all all knowledge, wisdom is is the beginning of freedom. And it's kind of like the, 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 the uh, the horse out in the pasture doesn't know that the gate's been open, and uh, once they receive the knowledge and wisdom and the unction of that gate being open, they can make a run straight for their freedom. <laughs> and so this is that's why this is so important yeah. to the the meditative kinetic believer. You are the energetic that's receiving and transmitting of thoughts, but you are not the thoughts themselves. And as a kinetic believer, it's through meditating on the guidance. And like you're talking about, Megan, the Law of Attraction Guided Journal, you're shifting consciousness through all of these insights, and you're transcending the egoist state of being, ending the, the madness that has afflicted the human condition for thousands of years, and you're doing it uh, by beginning with yourself. And if, if there were nothing, if there were nothing but thought in you, that's all you had was thought. If there were not a higher consciousness within you, you wouldn't even know that you're thinking. 
You'd be like a dreamer who doesn't even know that he's dreaming. A plant that doesn't realize that it's reaching for the stars. But when you know that you're dreaming, you're actually awake within your higher self. You're awake within the dream. Sometimes letting things go is an act of far greater manifesting power than defending what you think you are. And so then whatever you're fighting against, you actually strengthen. Whatever you resist against, you continue to persist in. But all of this is is the the way the metaphysical identifies with what we perceive to be important to us. And so we align ourselves to experience whatever you think you are and to experience whatever is most important to you. And as a result of that, again, that leads you off of the course for living your best life. But when we can mindfully let go of the belief that you should or that you need to know who you are identifying with, what happens to confusion and what happens to doubt and what happens to fear? Suddenly, all of those things are gone. (laughs) This is the happiness that we talk about and the joy that becomes you. You're not... That that become, it takes the place of what you were imagining to be in the negative sense, because suddenly all of that's gone. And then when you fully accept that, that you know what, you, you really don't know who you are identifying with, and you accept that, that means that you're actually entering into a state of peace and clarity that is closer to who you are truly are and who you were meant to be than thought could ever get you to the place of becoming. Mm. Identifying with higher self, it cannot be defined properly. It's kind of like taking a train ride while gazing from the window of awareness, and the train of awareness is moving along, and so is your identity to become more as you are observing things as they pass by. The closest that you can become to to identifying with your higher self is to is just to proclaim that I am that I am. Defining yourself through thought is always going to be limiting to the true self that is on a journey. So how do you let go of attachment to things, Steve? I'll ask myself the question. <laughs> how do I not attach my identity to my keyboard over here and you to your paints and all these things that we enjoy doing? Don't even try. It's impossible. <laughs> attachment to things. And, and we've experienced this. We were talking about this Friday. It, attachment to things that you and I have experienced in our life, it melts away by itself when you no longer seek to find yourself in them. Yes. The en- enormous house, the, the fast cars, the whatever it is. Those things melt away. The identity with that melts away when you no longer try to find yourself in those things. Mm. And that is the takeaway, I think, to the, the biggest key to setting yourself free to continue to manifest the highest version of yourself and, and allowing the, uh, the wisdom of, of source, of God, of the Creator to be fully expressed through your willingness while remaining steadfast in gratitude. Let's work on some highest viewpoints. Ooh, yes. 
<laughs> Take us there. Just say this. Say, I am a living, breathing, walking magnet. I am a living, breathing, walking magnet. Attracting excellent abundance, abundance into my life. Attracting excellent abundance into my life. I have the manifesting power to attract the abundant reality. I have the manifesting power to attract the abundant reality that I am creating through my highest expectations. That I'm creating through my highest expectations. So bring it on. So bring it on. I am <laughs> I am attracting to myself prosperity. I'm attracting to myself prosperity. The wisdom of ingenuity. The wisdom of ingenuity. And peace when I breathe in. And peace when I breathe in. And I breathe out every anxiety, every worry, every doubt, and every fear. I breathe out every anxiety, worry, doubt, and fear. I am of one mind with the creator of all knowledge. I am of one mind with the creator of all knowledge. And the wisdom to overcome every challenge belongs to me. The wisdom to overcome every challenge belongs to me. I am so free. Mm, I am so free. And I am unencumbered. I'm unencumbered. From every anxiety. <laughs> from every anxiety. While absolutely enjoying while absolutely enjoying the chase the chase of a peaceful of a peaceful abundant abundant prosperous life prosperous life so I free my mind I free my mind from negative thoughts from negative thoughts to imagine castles that are filled with positive thoughts to imagine castles filled with positive thoughts and there's no one but me there's no one but me that's in charge of changing my awareness that's in charge of changing my awareness for attracting more opportunity mm, for attracting more opportunity so right now so right now I declare I declare I am attracting positive energetics I am attracting positive energetics into the vortices of my gratitude into the vortices of my gratitude and life is good and life is good and I am free <laughs> and I am free of every negative worry doubt and fear of every negative Negative worry, doubt, and fear. Why, you may ask? Why, you may ask? Because I say I am. Because I said so. And today. <laughs> and today. I am attracting everything. I'm attracting everything. That I could possibly ever need. That I could possibly ever need. For this one happy. For this one happy. One joyous. One joyous. Amazing. Amazing. Splendid life. Splendid life. Wow. What an amazing podcast, Steve. I mean, there's so much to go back and unpack. I'm listening to this one again as soon as we get it out. But I mean, you covered it all today. I, I honestly think this may be the biggest podcast that you've ever that you've ever ever done. We did embracing change, developing awareness, peace, Mr. Potato Head. Um, <laughs> you answered the question, who am I? Uh, connect believers don't have to find ourselves through thoughts how to detach from forcing our identity through forms i mean uh, my head is exploding <laughs> i think we always enlarge ourselves when we are willing to gain knowledge and wisdom oh, yes absolutely yeah sending out so much love mm -hmm. and light to all the kba creatives <laughs> all around the world oh yeah and thanks as usual steve for all the wisdom sure bye